Welcome to Dungeons and Dinners, where the love of fantasy is food for thought. I'm your host, Brett Lindley, and today I'm talking about how distractions can really make a mess out of things. If you would like to support the podcast and fund new monsters, bonus episodes, downloadable recipes, and adventure modules, head on over to patreon.com slash Dungeons and Dinners. Welcome! Take a seat anywhere. We'll be right with you. Flaming Pans. First level spell, Enchantment. Target one creature cooking meal within 30 feet. That creature must make a concentration check. On a failed check, the creature is convinced that they can manage their time perfectly and will walk away from cooking any items for double the amount of time they intended, up to 20 minutes. At the end of the time limit, the creature will realize they were charmed. I bring this up because this is totally me. If I am cooking by myself and there is no one in the house to converse with or even to keep my mind focused that I'm making the meal for them, I have a tendency to overestimate the amount of or my own ability to manage my time when something needs to boil for a while or saute or steam. It also really kind of falls down onto a couple of other factors, one of them being that I will often feel overconfident making much simpler meals. So if I'm cooking by myself, I'm probably making a a very simple meal, like a, a box dinner or a hamburger helper or something, because I'm not really terribly concerned about like impressing myself and I'm probably also kind of just in a rush. I want to maximize the amount of time that I get to spend doing the things that I want to do because I'm home alone and you know excited to work on art or projects or whatever and therefore don't want to spend you know an hour cooking some lavish meal just for myself. So I'll pick a boxed meal and think oh gee I know how to cook, so a boxed meal is super easy. You just basically dump everything into one pan and cook it until it's done, and there's really nothing to it. And so I will then overconfidently think, oh, well, I can just let it saute at a low, you know, a low temperature, walk away from it, and I'll come back and it'll be done and I'll be ready to eat. And this is never, ever the case. Like, if I were giving advice, I would tell somebody never leave an item that's cooking, cooking, unless it's like a crockpot meal or in the oven or something. Even then, you should probably still check on it every so often to make sure that everything is going smoothly. And most of these boxed meals say, you know, stir occasionally, which literally means like every two minutes, right? So walking away from it is just a terrible idea. But I get distracted, and I don't have anything in place to keep me from being distracted, and therefore, I, more often than not, when I am cooking by myself, and I'm cooking one of these simple boxed meals, or a pastaroni, or, you know, a hamburger helper or something, I will burn the ever-loving snot out of it. And (laughs) there have been... It usually not completely, like, ruined, but enough that, like, half of it is stuck to the bottom of the pan, and I can salvage, like, the top half, which is a good, you know, one-serving, you know, meal sort of thing. And I did this twice this last week. In fact, one of those times, I wasn't just cooking for myself, but... Uh, the person that I was cooking for wasn't going to be home. I was trying to time the meal to when they were coming home. And 
I luckily only the first part of like it was like a hamburger helper and so just the meat was kind of burned on the bottom and uh so I was able to kind of cut that off and salvage like three-fourths the meat and not not ruin the the entire meal and then I, I made sure to like cook the rest of it while just like sitting in the kitchen um but yeah it's it can get pretty bad um again it's really just it's the combination like the simplicity of the meal makes me think that I don't have to pay attention and I chose the simplicity because I'm either in a hurry or I think that I'll be able to get away with it and I I think that like oh yeah I'll come back and stir this in like two or three minutes but I've got two or three minutes and nothing else to do to occupy that time so instead of you know standing in the kitchen and chatting with somebody while I'm cooking I can go make a Twitter post, and I'll just make a post. I know exactly what I'm going to post. And then, you you know, I open Twitter, and there's notifications to check. There's messages to reply to. There's other people's cool posts there. And before you know it, the smoke alarm's going off, or, you know, I just realize, like, oh, it's been, like, 10 minutes, and the meat is ruined. Whatever. But I say this because I, I I don't think I'm the only person that that falls into this camp. I think that we live in a world of constant distractions and solutions for micro boredom, right? Like growing up, I did not have to deal with micro boredom much. I had to deal with macro boredom. When I you know came home from school, I had to fill two hours of time before dinner would be ready. Or, you know, I would have to, on a weekend, I'd wake up at like five, six o'clock in the morning, watch morning cartoons, and then have hours before the next, you know, block of shows that I wanted to watch would come on or before I could go out and play or go do some other thing. So I would have to find things to do to fill very large spans of time. And nowadays, it's really easy to fill 30 seconds of time with, you know, a social media, you know, or a TikTok or, you know, find a funny video. Even playing a lot of games have, you know, short rounds, five minute rounds. I'll just play one match, right? One match of Rocket League, one level. And it's it's very difficult to force myself to like keep that time management though to like stick to win or lose it's just the one match because I have a more important thing going on and really I shouldn't even be doing that I should be able to just sit with that and you know and I I can in a lot of circumstances but it's one of those things where you think about it's it's the confidence I feel like I can fill that time with something else that maybe isn't important but I can get something else done. I can, you know, maximize the time that I'm being productive or whatever, which is a whole, that's a whole mental health thing on its own that we're not going to get into right now. But I think that this comes up a lot that, that because we, because I have gotten so accustomed to finding solutions for microboredoms, that any time there is a moment where I'm not fully engaged and my attention is fully absorbed into something, that it'll be easy for me to find something else to fill in the rest of the gaps, right? And this can get really dangerous, especially in, you know, of course, it can get dangerous in, you know, burning my whole freaking house down when the hamburger helper goes up in smoke. Um, But it can also cause a lot of social problems, right? 
where anything from you know a a dinner party at at, at our house or some somewhere else to just hanging out with friends to a and D table. I think that a lot of people, you know, will claim the the heresy of phones and how terrible social media is and this, that, and the other. Um, and I'm not really here to harp on that. Like, you do you. I use social media. I enjoy it. I use my phone. I enjoy it. I think it's really about being aware of your situation and knowing and understanding the level of good and bad distractions. Because there are good distractions. It's okay to be distracted. But it's just timing that and understanding where my own capabilities are with being able to pull myself back out of a distraction and picking a distraction that I can, you know, maximize my chance of removing myself from said distraction if I have something else important that I want to pay attention to. And I think that a lot of gaming tables, at least uh, pre-pandemic, were, you know, many of them had like no phone rules and things like that, or at least I've the ones that I've played at had like no phone or light phone rules. But I think that that's probably not as common. I think that those, of course, exist, but I think that uh, being able to control, like the phone is a super particular thing where like controlling somebody's phone use is, is a real faux pas. Like y- y- that's just a really controlling thing to ask of people i think if everybody agrees to it then fine but trying to state that as a table rule is really kind of sketchy territory but i do think that it 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 does come down to how courteous you want to be at a gaming table and like i said there are ways in which this can be good and this can be bad if you are a player who's combat round is always planned and ready and you know exactly what you're going to do you have all of your spells memorized or at least you have spell cards and you're able to state exactly what is happening and pay attention to what other players are doing and staying involved with what's going on i don't feel like checking your phone for three seconds because you got an important text message from your significant other or a good friend and replying to it very quickly and then you know putting it back away i think that's fine I think, you know, doom scrolling on a social media site is probably less advised, especially if you're in a situation where there's a big political moment and you're not in combat, but you are in a very intense role-playing and storytelling moment and one player is off on the side just doing the finger scroll maneuver on their phone and not really paying attention to what's going on. I think that there are some places where the courteousness of the player may not fully align with the awareness of the dm because at least when i dm in my mind i am always telling the coolest most awesome engaging story that i've custom tailored to each individual player to satisfy the things that they want to experience in a DD game but in reality, I don't 100% know that. I'm not a mind reader. I don't know exactly what they want. I don't know exactly what is going to engage them. And they can have an off day. I can have an off day. There's so many factors that can go into why a particular moment isn't engaging. Or it could just be that we really need to get through this shopping moment so that we can get everybody back on track, but we need new gear. And it can be really difficult to always keep gear shopping 
an engaging and exciting moment for everyone at the table when people are buying things one at a time and having to go to different specialty shops in town, right? So it, it can be difficult to keep everybody's attention maximized all the time, especially when as little as three to five seconds of lost engagement can mean that a player can go check their texts and then get caught, you know, responding to a message on a social media site that then causes them to scroll through said social media site. So I think having a little compassion for people that get caught in that situation and not trying to, I've seen some tables try to treat that distraction as if they were a teacher in, you know, junior high or something where it's like, am I, am I not important enough for you? Do you need to, do you, can I give you a moment? We'll all wait for Thorgak the Barbarian to stop checking their phone before we continue this highly enlightening political conversation. Like, I, I've seen things like that. And, and of course, I'm, you know, being a bit hyperbolistic with the, the voices there, but it, I, I've seen it. I've seen it happen. I've seen players shame each other uh, at a table for doing things that they do. So, you know, definitely try to keep yourself in check and have a little bit of compassion and if it is really a problem, again, communication, I always say, is key. And check with that player during break. Make sure everything's okay. Maybe they've got, you know, a grandparent that is has been in the hospital and you know, are in and out of an illness. And they want to make sure that they're always staying connected with that. Like, you never know what could be going on in somebody else's personal space. So try to have a little bit of compassion for a distracted player. But if that distraction is getting to the point where it is causing an upset within the game, then, you know, it can it can be something that I think, again, a, a conversation is is where it's best, because even if it's a distraction that's causing a problem in the game, the game may not be the most important thing for that person in their life at that time. And so it, it could be warranted, right? But there are also situations where it's not the end of the world and they're just sharing funny memes and giggling about other things. And that's fine too if that person is, you know, not really wanting to stay engaged in the game or if there's a reason they're not staying engaged. Keep in mind, it could also be you. I could be my perfectly crafted, amazing homebrewed campaign full of political intrigue and entertaining combat may not actually be as magnificent as I want to think it is, and there could be ways that I can improve it to help better hold the attention of the player. I think this is probably most often seen at really high player count tables, and I would say high is anything over three or four. Uh, getting into five, six, or seven people at a table, this would be including the DM, uh, can get a little bit uh, iffy to manage because everybody's going to have different attention needs during every scenario, you know. There's a lot of talk about the three pillars of D&D, &D, of social interaction, combat, and exploration, and not every player is going to be entertained or be able to have their attention fully encapsulated when one of those pillars is being focused on. And that may be the focus for several other players that are, you know, fully into it and there's zero distractions, right? So I think that, you know, keeping distractions down is going to be a good thing. It always is. Keeping people engaged and entertained is fun. But I think some compassion for those distractions is 
necessary, understanded, and warranted. I think that in the past, I had had a tendency to treat a distraction as if somebody was looking for like a long-term distraction fill and not a short-term one. So I felt personally attacked if somebody was, you know, doom scrolling on their phone and not paying attention that it's because they don't want to be there for the entire game session, not for the five seconds that we're in a store or something, right? I've become a lot better of this, and I think it's really just comes down to, you know, understanding where I get distracted myself when I'm cooking and think that I can fit in a video game while there's noodles on the stove that are very likely to stick and burn to the bottom of the pan, or when there are players at my game table. I also think that this comes up, it's not just phones, like there's a lot of uh, table talk conversations where nobody wants all of the players, or I shouldn't say nobody, I generally don't want players at the table metagaming. But this doesn't mean that crosstalk is always metagaming. It also doesn't mean that crosstalk is bad. Again, I think it really comes down to when and where things are happening. If there's crosstalk during combat, it could be players checking in with each other, which is a healthy and recommended thing to do. And maybe not just in combat, but if there is an intense emotional experience and several players, you know, are making eye contact, checking in, saying, are you okay? Things like that. Like, those are great things to be doing. Um, and even if it is a little bit of a distraction, uh, an inside joke, or, you know, a little bit of giggling on the side, I think it really comes down to understanding and accepting that some of these things are okay, and your table does not have to be 100% silent when, you know, Strahd is giving a speech to the players, or when some big event is happening. Like, it has to be okay for players to miss points. It has to be okay for players to forget plot points that you think are really obvious. I, I struggle with that a lot where I want to make intriguing hooks and intriguing scenarios, but I also don't want to have to just tell players, like if there are such things as like social puzzles, right, where they're picking up clues and figuring out and investigating a scenario. I don't want to just reiterate what all of the super important clues were, but I may have to give some leniency because just because they were having some side conversation and missed something doesn't always mean that that was malicious or that they don't care about my game. So just kind of keep in mind these types of things. The table does not have to be silent all of the time while you stand on a soapbox and talk about how, even if you're, if I'm a player and I'm describing my attack, it doesn't have to be the coolest attack that everybody is just entranced by my description of casting magic missile. Like, it, after a number of times, <laughs> there's only so much that you can do to embellish a situation before you go on to the other side, where if I continue embellishing, people are going to be like, just cast the magic mi It's like mid-combat. It's not going to kill the, the dragon. Like, get over it. So <laughs> there's places where I've fallen into that too, because I think everybody wants to make sure that they are providing a good experience and that one of the big key factors in understanding that what we are doing is enjoyable to others is by maintaining their attention. So it's a, it's a prime social cue that our brain says, yes, people are understanding and 
aware and enjoying this experience because they are looking at me and smiling. It's a very obvious and and very, you know, prime like take to to have. And if they are not looking at me and they are looking at their phone, then I must not be good enough to give this or my story may not be good enough or something like that, right? It's it, our, my brain will just go into that. And a lot of that does boil down to confidence. A lot of that boils down to you shouldn't worry about what other people think, da, da, da. But it, it is a close-knit social experience to play a tabletop game. And I think that over-analysis of these situations can be kind of detrimental. Again, everything boils down to the nuance of the situation. If uh, distractions are causing problems, then try to look at them and address them, but be super open and compassionate to the fact that those are going to be there. I think that this comes up a, a lot more now, at least I imagine it does, with uh, online games and games that are hybrid games where there is a tablet maybe for a web app or for a, a map kind of editor uh, or an online game where you just have a web browser open, right? And the ability for you to click a tab and to think that, oh, I can just, uh, I can have my social media tab open while I have my online role-playing game tab open, and there's no problem. I can totally split my attention between these two. I think, and there's there's just as much onus on the person who believes that split attention is going to be an effective way of engaging in the social encounter, right? Where that's, you're probably not going to be as devoted to staying aware and paying attention and picking up clues and interacting with the other players and, and finding those little micro moments where you can help explore a character's backstory, these little hints that other players may be dropping to open up their character, and being able to be fully engaged in that and find those places is not going to be easy if your attention is split, because split attention is something that it's just you're not going to be as aware of both things. And on the one hand, I usually don't care if I'm not hyper aware of every post on Twitter because not every post is going to change my life, right? But I'm not aware that I'm also not focused on the social experience that I could be helping or providing others or even dinner. I'm I'm not fully I don't really care about scrolling through the social media. I do care about not eating burned food or having to remake dinner because I burned it. But it's it can be difficult to recognize that in the moment and keep track of it. So understanding myself is something that it's it's far easier to stop myself from being distracted before it starts than it is to limit my distraction in the moment, right? And so if I am going to be cooking dinner from now on for myself, even if I'm I'm going to be like a doom scrolling on Twitter, I at least need to do it in the kitchen and not walk off to my office because the office is a a time sucking pit that will just absolutely end in me having to scrub 
the ever-living crap out of a pan after soaking it in soapy water for a day because that's just what the office will do to me if I go into that place while things are on the stove. So if you if I ever find yourself uh, under the charming spell of flaming pans, try as much as you can to make that concentration check and try to look at your situation and be honest with your, yourself. Like, ask yourself, do I really... And of course, the, more often than not, the answer is going to be yes, right? Like, do I think I can get away with one match of Rocket League? Yeah, sure. Is there any chance that that match of Rocket League goes into, you know, three minutes overtime or five minutes or that I lose or I get some cool customization for my car and want to go into the garage? Like, is there any chance that the thing that I'm going to do is going to lead me to do other things that are going to keep my attention? Probably. So maybe not the right thing to pick or at least pick a thing if, if I want to be distracted and I have time to be distracted because staring at boiling noodles is not entertaining and is not going to be fun, then I have some options. Maybe I can do something that is a more mild distraction. I can think about the next episode of the podcast that I want to record. I can write down some nifty ideas or I can you choose a distraction that is going to keep me localized in the scenario. I can pull out my phone and scroll on Twitter there. If I'm at a gaming table, I think I will leave myself open to allowing myself to at least check text messages uh, to make sure that I'm not getting something serious coming in. Of course, phone calls should always be allowed uh, because you never know who's calling, right? Even if you have to step away from... I do say, like, if you are going to take a phone call on the table, like, please step away as you're taking it so that... One, everybody else can be aware that you're going to completely disengage from the scenario. And two, it's, I at least for me, I am a loud person on the phone. And so I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to be holding a conversation that everybody else can hear. Right. So just kind of keeping in mind the level of distraction and the level of commitment to that distraction that it's going to be. If the distraction has a chance of having a high level of commitment, then it's you have to make sure that choosing that distraction means that it really is more important than what's going on around you because other people might perceive it that way, even if it's not to you. I can be scrolling Twitter and think that and being paying almost no attention to Twitter, just eyes kind of glazed over, just finger scrolling because the finger is on the screen and I want to scroll, right? And I'm not reading any of the posts. I'm just kind of scrolling through it and actually am fully engaged in listening to what's going on at the gaming table, or at least I think I am, right? But other people are going to perceive that as me not paying any attention at all. Even if I could recite word for word everything that's just been said, I also have to have some compassion for how others are going to perceive my actions. And I think that that goes a long way to to understand that nobody's in your head understanding the rationalization for what you do unless you're openly talking about it, right? And that other people may perceive it as one thing when really it's another. So just understanding the kind of general perceptions and where those things fall, of course, there's always going to be, uh, ex you know, 
edge case scenarios. There's always going to be exceptions to this rule. There's always going to be situations where maybe everybody at your table is totally comfortable with your level of distraction, or you may have a need for that distraction that other people understand. And those types of things are okay. I think communication is going to be key in that scenario and willing to be as open and honest as you can uh, with those scenarios. Of course, you know, if you're the first time at a new table and it keeps you from having a nervous tick to have your phone available, you know, you may not want to, or you may not feel comfortable rather oversharing that type of stuff with everyone. You may feel totally comfortable sharing that stuff with everyone and both ways are okay. As long as there are some ways that you can help communicate that and let people know that you are able to stay pay attention and that if it becomes an issue to, to let you know sort of thing. I think, you know, that's a totally viable way of getting a message across and letting everybody know, setting that expectation. Again, it all comes down to making sure that that everybody is on the same page with things because you want to have that cooperative storytelling experience. Cooperative means everybody. So it, it can be any number of things. And it's also a good reason to include breaks in your games even if your game is an hour, include like a, a five-minute get-up-and-walk-around break, right? Not everybody is totally cool with sitting still for one to five hours of gameplay or more. Make sure you include breaks, and not everybody is going to be comfortable saying that they want a break, so ask your table, hey, does anybody need a break? We're at a good spot. You know, we're done with shopping. We're about to get on the road, so... You know, this next part may get, you know, more intense. Does anybody want to break before we do that? Et cetera, et cetera. So keep these things in mind. Try to keep your distractions to a minimum. Uh, if you are able to maybe not have, you know, some movie playing in the background while unless it's a, you know, unless that's how you set up your atmosphere. Sometimes I am terrible about it. If I if there's a movie playing in the background, I'm watching the movie. Like, I am not one of those people that can have a TV on while they work, but I know tons of people that can. I personally don't understand it, but they use it as background noise, which is fine. But for me, if there are background visuals, I will stare at them. <laughs> I will, if there's a picture, like, uh, even if it's a background that, like, cycles every 30 seconds to new images, I will want to know what every image is, what order they're in, where they, you know, like, I'll just analyze them. And that's on me. But... You know, keep an understanding of what types of distractions are in your gaming space. Limit the the bigger distractions if you can, or at least help uh, ensure that everybody is cool with said distraction. And make sure that you are considerate of your own time and distractions and that you're not going to be affected by the flaming pan spell in the kitchen. So that's all for the episode today. Please let me know your thoughts, your comments, and your episode ideas on Twitter. All of my links and contact information can be found on the card website in the show notes, and if you're interested in supporting the show and possibly getting more bonus content in the future, consider tossing a few coins over to patreon.com slash dungeonsanddinners. I know there's not tons of bonus content there right now, but the donations are going to help make that happen. So if you want more bonus content, we're Get a few donations so that the podcast itself can be supported first. 
In addition, if you're looking for other great podcasts to listen to, check out my other broadcast, Pick Up Your Sticks, which is a long-form podcast about why gaming matters. We've had some really cool interviews recently. We've had Beastie QT, uh, StarCraft commentator. We've had uh, several other pro players and other commentators. We've had uh, the team managers of teams, uh, of pro sports level teams on recently. Tons of fun, great content. And both myself and my great friend, Walker Near co-hosts that show. We talk about gaming, we talk about why gaming matters, and we talk to really cool people. So check it out if you're interested in gaming or if that sounds cool to you. I'm really excited to be sharing this journey with you all, and remember that love is the secret ingredient. Have a good day, friend. Thanks for stopping by.